You're listening to That's the Industry Podcast, episode number 30. Today, you're going to hear from a woman who started her own TV network and how her business is adapting through COVID-19. She's also going to explain how it's never too late to follow your passion. Here we go. You're listening to That's the Industry with Thomas Jordan. That's the Industry with Thomas Jordan. The podcast that takes you inside all the aspects of the entertainment industry. Directly from the people who are making it happen. And now, your host, Thomas Jordan. What's going on, everyone? Thomas Jordan here for another episode. Today, we are joined by content creating coach and the founder and CEO of Well World TV, Deborah Kay. How's it going? It's going great. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for asking. Now, with further ado, before we get into everything, I just want to know how you got into the industry. Well, I was kind of an anomaly because I wasn't I didn't grow up my career in the media industry, but something happened in my mid 40s, believe it or not, when most people are actually not getting in front of the camera anymore. I decided I should host my own TV show and that my passion was to educate people on health and wellness. And so I I started to really explore how to create content that would inspire people to be well. And how did that go when you first started? Well, I would say just like anybody who's kind of starting out, I, you know, had a lot of nervousness. I was fearful to be on camera, but I was so committed to the fact that I wanted to share share uplifting stories about natural and health and wellness and travel and just highlight these great sort of hidden gems in different communities that a stronger voice was saying, who are you to not show up and do your best? Because you really believe that this has the potential to change people's lives. And so I definitely had to overcome some kind of critical mental hurdles. And why do you think you're so passionate or where did you find the passion for the wellness space? I think it's part of it was some personal stories. Uh, I was a corporate executive climbing the ladder. And one of the things that I really noticed is that the higher I went up on that corporate ladder, the lower my health was sinking because I was making choices about, you know, working instead of exercising, grabbing food on my way home, not making good lunch choices. I was stressed out. I wasn't sleeping. And so I was doing really well in my career. Unfortunately, I was getting ready to face plan into the doctor's office. And so when I physically face planted there, I was telling him all these, you know, complaints that I was experiencing. And instead of listening and offering me kind of a holistic solution, he handed me five prescriptions and he said, here you go. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm getting ready to walk in here. Nothing's going to change in my life. And now I'm beginning my march to the pharmacy. And all I could imagine at that time is like, how many of millions of people are there just like me who know that there's probably a different way, but all we're being handed is prescriptions. And what alternatives did you find? I, I'm i such an adventurous type person that I just started to explore everything, to be honest. I started to explore Eastern medicines like Ayurveda and acupuncture and massage therapy and chiropractic 
care and just, you know, herbal supplements and pharmaceutical grade supplementation versus over the counter. And so I had such a natural curiosity that I wanted to kind of capture those moments in video and share those in a bigger way. Now, did you go right to that or did you, you know, go through another phase where you did the pharmacy thing like most people probably do and then go to the holistic stuff? Or did you, were you just like, no, this isn't happening? I think, well, to be honest, because I am normal and human, embracing health and wellness completely is, is not something that just can happen very, very easily. So for at least for myself, it's, it almost feels like I'm getting on and off that wagon a lot. So there would be times in my life where, you know, I was on, I was doing functional training and hot yoga and working out and taking care of my health. And then life would intervene and I would get stressed out and then I wasn't sleeping and I would get heartburn. And then I started eating, eating a lot of French fries, you know, so, so, you know, it's, it just, it just kind of comes and goes. Um, but, but I would say overall, I keep up leveling, you know, and I'm really, I'm at the more I learn, the better I do. And at the point where, or what was the point in your career where you know, you just couldn't take it anymore. You're like, something's got to change. And I, I got to go, I got to go somewhere else. That's, that's a great question. And that's actually one of those moments that I I'll never forget. So I was a high performer in my corporate job. Again, I was working for a fortune 250. It was very intense. The benefit of that, you know, I had a great salary. I had great benefits. I had great bonuses. And so I felt very secure that way. But it was a huge organization. And so I would work so incredibly hard. And there were just certain things that happened that didn't sit well with me. So, for example, uh, my boss had um, been terminated. And I went in to actually apply for his position. And they said, well, we're flattening the organization. And unfortunately, his position doesn't exist. But at the same time, they were giving me a bulk of his responsibility and almost just like a token salary. So I was like, wait a second, I'm doing his job, a lot of his job for, you know, a lot less money than what they paid for him. And I don't get the title. So it was almost a few of those situations. And then honestly, at the end of the day, I was working in an industry that didn't fulfill me. So when I fast forwarded to the end of my life, I was like, is this what you want? Like, is this your legacy or do you want to do something bigger? So a mantra that I kept in my head was, if I work this hard for myself, there's no way I could fail. And so there was just a few situations that happened again and I took my big leap and um, that was in 2007. Did you do it the smart way? Well, not the smart way. Did you do it in a way of like, okay, you knew you were going to quit. I'm going to kind of save up for a little bit and then go. Or were you just like, peace out, I'm out? <laughs> I've actually done both ways in, in that situation. I had started to plan my exit. And so some of the things that I put into place, and, and for anybody who's listening to this that's thinking, oh, I'm just so tired of my job and I want to get out and I want to do my own thing. The things that I did is I became very conscientious about my finances and my budget because I knew that I needed a safety net. So what that looked like was I stopped making sure that I was increasing my debt. I was trying to pay off any loans or credit cards because when you take that big leap, I mean, I went from over six figures to zero in one day. 
And so I knew that I needed to have a, a nest of funds that I had saved, but also as minimal amount of monthly expenses just so I could give myself a chance to succeed. Do you think it's a discipline or a skill in itself to learn how to work for yourself? Oh, yeah. It's, um, you know, there's pros and cons for for both situations. And, you know, we all kind of know the statistics around, you know, new startups and failure rates. So it, it's a it is a risk, you know, so so the more prepared a person is, the better. There was one book that I read early on that that was very helpful and it was called The E-Myth. And it was talking about how when you when you're a beginning entrepreneur, you have to understand the reality of what that means. So the example I think that they used in the book was of a pie maker. You know, this woman who was so passionate about making pies and she says, I want to have my own pie making company. Well, the reality is when you start your own company, you're pretty much the team. So you're the marketer, you're the website developer, you're the social media person, you're the content creator, you are also the pie maker, but you're the you know, retail sales associate. So you have to know going into it that you've got to have some depth in all of those areas or figure out how to get support because a lot of times what happens that brilliant pie maker ends up doing so many other things that she's not actually even making pies anymore. So um, going into it with as much knowledge of what type of work it's going to be is really important. And what were some of the things you did to kind of basically do to become your own boss and to stay focused? Because I feel like a lot of people just starting out, you know, they, they want to work for themselves and then they just, oh, what do I do? Or, oh, I'll do it later. Or uh, they get overwhelmed and just stop. I think I think what was critical for me was to feel that my work was in alignment to something that was bigger than me. And so when I made, and just to clarify like what industry I was in and where I went, I was in the motor oil business. And, you know, like I said, at the end of my life, I didn't feel like that was going to be something I was really proud of. So, so when you link into something that fulfills a sense of purpose and passion, it helps you navigate the hard times a little more because it's probably easy to quit motor oil if you're not really passionate about it. But if, if your work that you're creating, you think you're bringing you know, happiness or joy or good food or efficiencies for other people, it really helps you navigate that. So the industry that I w- wanted to be in was in health and wellness. And so my first company out of the gate was an education and consulting business where I worked with spas and massage and really helped elevate the skill set of their practitioners, their teams of practitioners, because I knew if there was a happy and healthy massage therapist, that they were going to deliver a great massage, which was going to make somebody's life better. So, you know, people would just have to think a little bit about what am I passionate about? What's my purpose? because that will help them navigate the ups and downs. Would you say you made a lot of mistakes even with your years of experience in corporate America? Oh yes, of course. (laughs) I just, I call them, um, you know, um, directional directional signs. (laughs) Oops, heading in the wrong direction. You might want to go right. Um, I, yeah, definitely. I mean, I was never, I had never been an entrepreneur before. 
and there's so many things to learn and you have to really stay patient and resilient with yourself. I mean, one of the things I learned quickly is the industry that I went into while filled with very passionate, committed people that are interested in making a difference in people's lives, there's not a lot of money in that industry. So we would work really, really hard. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of uh, revenue return coming at first. So, you know, there's just things that are going to happen that you have to stay aware of and just kind of recalibrate and just keep moving forward. And what would you say is the was one driving force that keeps moving you forward? I would say where I'm at today with the creation of Well World TV, because we are, you know, we're in the early phases of development. Um, what really drives me every single day is that I'm helping content creators up level and share their voice in a bigger way. And if I have 200 hosts, let's say, who are on point, they know their passion, they know their purpose, and they are getting content out of the world that's going to inspire and educate people, that's going to drive me to work as many hours a day as I need to work <laughs> to, to be successful. And for people who don't know what World, uh, Well World TV is, um, how would you explain it to people? I would say it's a, it's a it's a modern non traditional TV network that has little barriers in which somebody can come into the network and begin to up level and share their voice in a bigger way. So we are offering all sorts of support, consulting, advice and the platforms to really share content. That's from a host perspective. We're not quite ready to advertise to the masses, meaning like the general viewer, because we're onboarding our hosts and really getting some great content. At some point, you know, Well World TV will have two facets. It will be like a Netflix or a Hulu or any of those other platforms where people who have an interest in the type of content we're sharing will go and find all sorts of videos and programs to watch that will inspire them to be well. Right now, we're about helping those change makers gather the resource, get the training, understand how to build content so that they can start pushing that record button and creating content. When you're working with these hosts, do you find it that people who are new to video are scared to hit the record button? Absolutely. Yes. Yep. yep. And that's um, like, you know, because you're in media, you, you can kind of understand the continuum. So, so the continuum is really somebody on the one far end who maybe has thought about, oh, I should be a public speaker or I should write a book, but they've never, or, or do my own video series, but they've never actually taken a single step quite yet to move them that in direction. And then the other end of the continuum is someone who's very established. They've done movies, they've done TV shows, they've been on major networks. I would say Well World TV is really built for this, the middle to lower half of that continuum. So it's somebody who knows that they have a brilliance, they have an expertise, they have something to share, they're just not quite sure how to do it. And yes, to your point, they're afraid to do it. We come in, 
and will offer them the encouragement, the support, the confidence to be able to start. And I always tell them, look, if you're not a little bit embarrassed of the first video that you put out in the world, you waited too long because it's never going to be perfect. And trust me, a year from now, when you go back and look at that video, you're going to see the difference. And a lot of times it's just pushing record and going. Nobody does it perfect the first time. I looked at my first demo reel and I was like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah, but I bet you thought that that thing was the best thing you ever put together. And then like you said, (laughs) that year goes by and you look at it, you're like, oh. Exactly. (laughs) I we 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 we're running a boot camp right now, and I just I literally showed them a demo reel that I put together in 2011, and part of me was like mortified to show it because I was like 20 pounds heavier. Uh, I, I I mean I kind of look like I'm aging backwards a little bit, and so but but there I have such a sense of pride in that moment because I was like oh my god she showed up and she did it. I mean, I didn't feel, you know, I mean, it's coming out of that corporate job. I look like hell. You know? <laughs> I it's, and it's interesting you say that because I always tell my clients as well, cause we're kind of in the same space. It's like, it's also good for your story too, because like you said, I, and I, and which is, I think a funny fact of about anybody who is either on camera or on the radio or has a podcast who's not on camera. I cannot stand watching myself when I see myself or hear myself. I'm just like, Oh, you know, and then, you know, same with, you know, looking back at older stuff, but it's always good. I always tell people that it's so important to just hit that record button, just get that content out there and just move along the way because in a year from now, you know, two years from now, three years. So you're just going to see how much you level up. And I just think that's super important for that person and their story as well. Absolutely. And we've, and we talk a lot about, you know, video. Do you think that video is basically the future? Yeah, I believe 100% video is the future. And, you know, some of the supporting facts in that is uh, even on, you, you know, YouTube, is a search engine that's being accessed almost as much as Google. So people are curious about topics and how to do things. And they're going to YouTube to figure it out because they want to actually, actually watch people doing it. So YouTube is a gold mine, but also the advancement of, you know, smart televisions, Roku, Apple TV, fire TV, all those, it's called over the top programming for viewers who don't, um, aren't like us, you know, in the media, over-the-top programming, you can actually bypass your cable network, go find content that interests you. And that's what I tell my hosts all the time. It's like, there is a place for your content, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or the OTT space, like all of these networks are dying for programming. They want lifestyle. They want health and wellness. They want travel. They want uh, gaming, you know, there's like all these different niche interests that, and there's a home for this content pretty much anywhere now. No, I totally agree. And I see it happening. I'm just curious to what I'm waiting for. I know we're in kind of a shift right now, but I'm waiting for the big shift to know when like the ABCs, the NBCs, the CBSs and Foxes, I have a theory that they're either going to go down or they're going to start to having to, um, 
what's the word when they have to join each other? Uh, I'm trying to think of the word. Merge. Uh, but they're merge. Thank you. I, I'm when they're going to merge together, and you know, with all these platforms, with like Roku and Verizon and Apple, everybody's got some form of network, and everybody's chasing content. I'm really curious to who is going to be the NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox of the digital world. Right. Well, it's um. Sinclair Broadcasting, which owns, you know, a lot lot of networks around the United States, just launched last year, STIRR, S-T-I-R-R, which is their OTT platform. So I think even major networks understand, you know, they're kind of hearing the beating of the drums. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, whoa, we need to stay modern and relevant because... If the programming that they're forcing us to choose from isn't relevant or good, people are going to bypass it and they're just going to go find where the good content is. So content creators that stay on point with trends and interests and are creating content to support that are going to win. In your opinion, what would you say the best OTT networks are? Um, I In mean, your opinion. Yeah, so we... We have partnered with a company called Glued TV, which is not spelled glued like Elmer's glue. It's G-L-E-W-E-D, Glued TV. So the one I'm the most familiar with is Roku, and they do want traditional, you know, program length content, 22 minutes, but they are in, I think the last statistic I read, about 40% of U.S. households have actually downloaded content from their platform. So I don't know that I can answer which one's the best. That's the one I'm most familiar with, but I do know there's some early, like there's some uh, other brands coming into this realm like Samsung. So normally you associate Samsung with uh, equipment, you know, like TVs and so forth. Well, they're launching a network and they're looking for content. Even our mobile providers are looking for content. So They're just, it's so, video is becoming so accessible that um, people that are on point right now creating really relevant, strong content are going to win. I agree 100%. And what would you say, I mean, I know people need to just get on camera and like it's sometimes it's easier said than done and, you know, um, content, what do they say? It's content is king and distribution is queen. Mm -hmm. Um along with that staying consistent is in there as well as in the mix as well. What would you say is, are some good tips to staying consistent? I would say that in part of, we just did a video influencer boot camp, and really the whole first section of that is, is getting the clarity in your platform because some people have the philosophy, well, there's a couple of philosophies that are a little off track. You know, oh, I just need to create something to get some content out there. Bad philosophy. Or another bad philosophy is, oh, I could talk on this and I could talk on that and I could talk on this and I can talk on that. That gives your content a sense of ADD. So some of the work that we teach our hosts is really to get clear on your platform. What is it that you're trying to communicate? And then one of the other things I say to them all the time is don't chase too many squirrels. So (laughs) figure out 
that one series that those one segments, you know, cause you can do a six segment series. That's fine, but keep them on point and relevant. And then we teach them how to do some analytics. So you can do some, there's free keyword analysis or uh, keyword reports that you can pull. You can pay for memberships. So take those topics that you're really passionate about and now see if people are really interested in that. So you don't want to create, for example, I'll give like, especially in this realm, the holistic health realm. A lot of times they use terms that are very comfortable for them and nobody is searching for that. So if I was to say, if I was to create a segment called uh, living my Dharma, that's the best that. example ever. <laughs> so I'm like, what is that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's not going to have a lot of organic search value. Well, what does that mean? Living my dharma means I have a purpose-driven life or I am serving, you know, there's just the way that people search for it isn't the way necessarily the host or the creator is thinking about it. So I have to have this conversation all the time. Um, Like, for example, one of my hosts, uh, she's the mindset cultivator. And so when I did keyword analysis on the term mindset, it was most closely associated to outcomes of more money, more success, more competitive advantage. And she was associating it more towards getting unstuck, letting go of the past, et cetera, et cetera. So I said, all right, mindset is correlated to things like make money, be successful, so we can attract a viewer to come in using those words and then you can teach them about this other stuff once they're there you want to deliver the promise to your title you know so if you're saying make more change your mindset make money that's a good title right there change your mindset make more money your topic has to cover that but you can offer some of the other things about you know releasing the past getting unstuck in your conversation but that's not what you're going to lead with so those are really the things that i think will help people become consistent and on point i know consistency is super important as well those are those are all great tips would you say that it's okay for people's content to evolve as well oh yeah yeah i think um you know, again, it's like what you were talking about when you go back and you look at something you did a year ago, or I go back and look at something I did a few years ago, there's part there's part of me that's almost equally mortified as I am like, feeling really good that I did it. So I would say what I would encourage people to do is not wait, don't hold back until you think you're perfect, your lighting may not be perfect, your camera may not be perfect, your everything is not going to be perfect. But I swear, I promise that when you start recording and getting that content out there, your confidence is going to go up. Um, I have a, I have another host who's a perfect example. She had built some training in um, Trainable, I think. She had like a, a program that she was selling. And so she sent me her video and she literally was not looking at camera and she was just reading her notes off camera. So it was... and you know, she doesn't mind that I share this. It was very not, you know, appealing to the viewer. And so I worked with her a little bit on making eye contact with the viewer by looking into the um, camera directly and not to rely so heavy on like PowerPoints and bullets and things like that. So if you were to see her first video, 
And now she's hosting her own interview show on Facebook live every week. The difference is astronomical. And all it took was just a little bit of help, a little support. But but in reality, she just had to get going. So I would just encourage everybody to get going. Do you hear a lot of excuses about equipment? Well, we get, yeah, there's, it, that can actually be overwhelming. Uh, in fact, one of, uh, we had we had our last class for our current boot camp yesterday, and that was one of the questions, there, and I should have thought of this. There's, you know, they said, can you just create us an equipment list? But they change so fast, and there's so many different price points that you, you can go to YouTube right now and just search in what's the best equipment for a low-budget YouTube channel. And there'll be a hundred recommendations um, that if people could overcome that hurdle, um, you know, I think, it, I think, it, I think they would move forward a lot quicker. Do you advise people to kind of start with what they have before they invest a ton of money into gear? Uh, yeah. Especially for the, when they're practicing, because that, that also just helps build their confidence. And most of us have enough to get going. If you have a current model iPhone, even if it's an eight or above, that's high enough quality to capture video on YouTube, Instagram, you know, LinkedIn, all those platforms. You can buy a tiny little tripod or you can just prop it up, you know, and yep. just, as long as you have it in the right way, you can buy a little lavalier mic for like, $15 that plugs into your iPhone that will definitely improve the quality of the audio. You can make sure you're seated in front of a, a well-lit window. So the natural light is falling on your face and you're not, you don't look yellow or you don't have a lot of shadows. You could totally work on a dime. Like for a hundred bucks, if you have some of these things in place, you could get going good enough. And then as you get, as your confidence builds and you're like, Oh my gosh, I really could do this on a regular basis. Then you do want to start making that investment in higher quality stuff. Yeah. And that's like I said, that's like a whole nother, like you said, it's just with gear changing and everything. I mean, yeah, I always try to advise people as well to just start with your phone and just kind of go from there just to see if you like it. Cause you may think you want to do it and then you're on and you're just like, nah, this could be a little overwhelming, especially when it comes to like, actual camera settings and editing and things like that. Yes, that can, that can get overwhelming very quickly because, you know, when you're fully loaded, like if you're committed to this, it's, you know, it's definitely an investment of your time and energy, which is why you don't want to make content just to get content out, out there. You need to have a strategy and some goals. So, you know, one of the things that, again, I work with hosts on is, what are you, what action are you wanting the viewer to take and make that easy for them? So there's all sorts of ways that you can really build your personal brand and then have those sort of transactions in mind. So for example, let's say I'm an aromatherapy expert and I have my own aromatherapy line, then you know, when I open my show, I can say, hey, everybody, welcome. Today's aromatherapy of the day is cedarwood, which is great for that. And then at the end of your clip, there's uh, a comment driving them to the website so they can buy your cedarwood aromatherapy. So there's all sorts of ways to deliver really good content that educates people. But keep your business in mind because, yes, it's an investment of your time and money. 
And that being an investment in time and money, what happens when there's a monkey wrench in your plan uh, named COVID-19? <laughs> Actually, this has been an interesting monkey wrench because while the doors have closed on in-person production, which is primarily where I was, probably you too, you know, like we were out in the world doing production, working with crews, and then all of a sudden all of that stopped. What it forced me to do, and actually the benefit, was now I'm at the gateway. Because to me, the gateway into the media world is social. And so now we're seeing all these webinar hosts and live hosts and Facebook hosts, and everybody has an interview show. So there is no better time than right now to start your series or your concept because it's so easy to do. I'm so glad you said that because even though the monkey wrench is a very tragic thing and there are negative things to come out of it, I've always been a glass half full type guy and I always try to find an opportunity and the positive on what's actually going on. And the more people I talk to, I actually just had an earlier podcast today, said the exact same thing. Like, you know, you always wish for that time or it's like, man, I wish I had that time to do X. So I, I wish I had time to start that YouTube channel or that podcast or you know, that live show. And now is kind of the perfect time. Now's the time. (laughs) And if it's not this and that goes, I mean, how do you, you know, what would you say are some strategies to kind of adapt to something like this? I would say just, I would say find somebody who's similar to you. So if you really do hold that desire to start doing your own video, just kind of research in your genre a little bit because what you're going to learn is that social media is very forgiving. So you're going to see people on a platform called StreamYard and they're going live. You're going to see people using Zoom. You're going to see people just using their iPhone. But at the end of the day, I just think social media is really forgiving. And if you have a personality and if you have an appealing message you can get a following. And as that following begins to grow, one, because you're on point, because you're posting consistently, then you can start to up-level your game and get more professional. And then when the world opens up, maybe you do hire a camera person and head out and you know start to do it, do it at a different level. Do you think there's really, a di- as far as levels go, I mean, do you think YouTube's on a different level than like TikTok or Facebook Live, or do you think they all kind of coincide with each other? I would say from a quality perspective, and I mean like equipment quality, they're, they're similar. From a demographic or audience perspective, you would probably consider building different types of content. So YouTube is more like Google. You know, people are going there to learn things, to be entertained. You know, that's almost like it's whole, that's a whole different world. Facebook is going to have a, you know, particular demographic. Obviously there's not tons of really young millennial type personalities on there. So you're talking to people maybe in their mid thirties and up, um, you know, who are there from a social perspective, LinkedIn obviously is professional, you know, so you have to be a little conscientious about how you're putting stuff on LinkedIn because of why, why people are going there. Um, But, you know, equipment quality, similar quality of content needs to shift by platform. 
Have you uh, have you dabbled in the TikTok yet? I haven't actually dabbled in the TikTok, which is why I avoided <laughs> avoided that one. I know it's kind of up and coming. Are you are you familiar with that one? So I I am super curious to dive into it. I've made a couple things, but anything like I haven't really did a deep done a deep dive into it because I've been editing so long. So I would shoot a video and just edit it on my computer as opposed to edit it on the actual app. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I've been tempted just to do, cause anybody who's been on TikTok know that it's super short form content. Yeah. Uh, I've definitely wanted to test it out, even though my expertise is in longer form content, but I mean, I almost feel like it'd be like ads, you know, or like as far as tips go, it'd be It's just so fast, but I keep meaning to just dabble in it. And between, I told myself when I, you know, started the podcast and my YouTube channel to just focus on those two, instead of just trying to literally be everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That one's there's, there's so many, like I know, uh, Snapchat, you know, is really starting to expand TikTok. Um, Periscope. I don't even know if that one is, you know, still really viable. I mean, I have some hosts that have, you know, 60, 70,000 followers on Periscope. There's just so there's, and that's kind that's of the crazy. Of Did you know, I just found out recently, did you know you could make money going, uh, being a live streamer on Periscope? I did not know that. Yeah. I found that out recently. I was like, if you, if those people have that type of following, I think that it works like, Kind of like, I you, think like you su- have a certain number, you start getting ad dollars or something. I don't think it's an ad dollar thing. I think it's uh, almost like Twitch or something where you oh. are like the, where you can donate okay. stars or something. And just, I was just like, holy crap. But I think, you know, I was messing around with it for a little bit because I love live live to me is besides interviewing and things like that is the best because you just you just go. You yeah. know, and you just, that's where you see the real talent. That's where, you know, it's just unscripted. You don't have to worry about anything. You just, you just go. Yeah. With Laura, uh, Laura Saltman, who's my creative director, you know her as well. We talk about that all the time. It's like when you're live, anything can happen and it usually does. And the best thing you can do is just stay calm and carry on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. It happened to my sister recently. She had to uh, do a live presentation and I think she said the whole time, I don't know, she, the, like she'd practiced or whatever, but then like she was supposed to do a screen share with somebody and she's ready to do the screen share. And sure enough, <laughs> that person didn't show up. Screen share yeah. was impossible. So she was just on camera, like a sitting duck for like yeah. an hour. Oh my God. It's like, ah, uh, gotta love it. Gotta love it. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, so what are your plans now for your, um, your students right now? What are you guys working on over there? Well, it's actually a really exciting time. So my website, which is wellworld.tv, went live just about a year ago, and we're actually in the redesign phase. And so what's happening behind the scenes at Well World TV is uh, in August, our new site will launch, but it's going to have like a back-end portal for our content creators. So they're going to be able to access and create their own channel for content. So let's just use Laura Saltman for an example. So Laura will go in there. She'll set up her images, her language, her text. She'll be able to create series. She'll be able to upload episodes. And so that really will become the hub 
for our content creators, which is, you know, wellworld.tv. Our social routes of distribution are going to be YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram primarily. LinkedIn will use a little bit differently, but then we start circulating all of our content creators out via the social space. For those who have interest in creating for the Roku, you know, Stir, Apple TVs of the world, we can help get them on the path to where their content is there. And our partnership right now, bring uh, we're installed in almost 4 million households in the U.S. So it's not an insignificant avenue for distribution. You just have to create content a little more episodic and television in nature, but it's still not nearly as expensive as, you know, hiring a TV crew and actually creating television quality content. Um, what I would, what I would like to share with everybody is, um, for, for those of you who are beginners or you're just starting, this sounds interesting. You're not sure where to go. We offer a four week boot camp, and it's, it's literally in that boot camp where we take you all through the whole process to creating a great series. And just like I talked about earlier, the first module is clarity and purpose and getting clear on who you are. And then, Thomas, you were actually one of our guest speakers on how to do interviews. Then it's the on-camera stuff, the looks, the appearance, the lighting, the equipment. How do I talk? How do I interview? And then from there, then we start to draft out your series, your segments, and we're guiding you the whole way. So by the time you finish, the knowledge that you have on how to create content is so exponentially higher that it's less scary to push record because you feel like you were supported. And is it possible to, or have you guys thought of or started to start to groom these beginners into possible full-time hosts for you? Yes. In fact, almost all of the attendees that we had in this boot camp are moving forward as hosts. So there were only a couple that just kind of wanted to come in and get the training and, you know, build videos for themselves. I would say 90% of them are moving forward and will have their own channel on the network. And I feel comfortable with that because once they've gone through the training, I already know who they are and what type of content they're creating. And it's, um, you know, it's a fit for our network. Do you think anything is missing from the network right now? And if so, what is it and what can be done to fix it? Well, there's there's two things that will make Well World TV successful. And because we're in our early kind of startup phase, these will be things that organically grow. So there's two th- magic numbers that make things happen. Good content and lots of eyeballs watching the content. So those are really the two things that are in, you know, the beginning phases. I think I have 3,500 followers on Facebook, you know, nothing Nothing major at this point, which is why my focus is on finding hosts, not finding followers yet, um, because I need the content. So right now, my message is really to attract the host so I can get some amazing content creators. And then we're going to see those viewership numbers go up because I have great content. But that's all. That's where the tension is. And what would you say the end goal is for Well World? I mean, my objective, honestly, is just to inspire people to live happier and healthier lives. So that, you know, if we're talking really high level, what do I feel like my purpose in the world is? I feel like my purpose 
is to draw together this collective of change makers who are joining me in this quest to create content that's going to create a well world. And I don't, I want it to be created in a way that most people get because we're not talking about going from who you are to a triathlete. You know, that's too much of a stretch. I want content that helps people right where they're at, just get to their next level. So whether that's a nutritional tip or a fitness tip or something spiritual or something that helps me get unstuck or something that makes me think I could be an entrepreneur, that's the type of change that I want to, I want to be able to evoke in people. And why do you do what you do? I, I do it because for the first time in my life and as, as long of a career and variety of a career, I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. So for the first time, I am 100% in alignment that this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I don't know exactly how it's going to unfold. You know, like we talked about earlier, am I going to have roadblocks? Are there going to be things that set me back? Absolutely. But because I am so clear that this is what I'm supposed to do, again, I already know that I can't fail. That's great. And I just want to thank you so much for, you know, being here today and, you know, letting us know about your knowledge and your company and your network and everything like that. So my last question to you is if somebody were just getting started and they, you know, they've seen all your content and, you know, they are big fans of you, followers of you, and they came up to you in the street and were like, Hey, like this is, I really want to do what you do. Mm-hmm. How do I get started? What would you say to them? Well, I would say they can, right now, I'm pretty much auditioning and talking to everybody personally, so they literally could reach out to me directly. So my email is Deborah K, D-E-B-R-A-K, at wellworld.tv, so definitely send me a message. Uh, They can send messages to any of our social media platforms, which all of them are at wellworldtv. They can send us a message there. And then I would highly encourage everybody to consider bootcamp and that email or that URL is bootcamp.wellworld.tv. And that's the best way to introduce themselves to the network and start their path with us. Awesome. Well, Deborah, thank you so much. I seriously appreciate it. Thank you. I'm so happy that you had me here. And um, you were a great teacher, by the way. We had great feedback on your session in our boot camp. I, I appreciate that. And like I said, anytime you guys want me to come back, I'm more than willing to come back. Awesome. All right, that does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And I would love your help. This podcast is brand new, so I need all the help I can get. If you would, just subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star rating. I really, really would appreciate it. And last but not least, I got a little something for you. For the last 10 years, I have been writing, shooting, producing, editing my own video to get my dream job as an entertainment reporter in Los Angeles interviewing the stars. Now, that might not be your dream, but if you are in this industry and you are in this field, you are going to need to learn how to write, shoot, and edit, produce your own 
content. And now I want to personally train you on these skills so you can create your own journey and make money while doing so. So what I want you to do now is log on to Facebook and request to be in my private Facebook group, On Camera Professionals. Once again, it is called On Camera Professionals. But wait, Thomas, I really like your stuff. I really want to learn from you, but I don't want to be on camera. Don't worry, I got you covered. In this group, I'm going to be doing a live training, so that means live tips and tricks. I'm going to do giveaways, freebies, and I'm also going to do personalized training. So once again, log on to Facebook and type in On Camera Professionals, and I'll see you there.